Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Henning Novak, a 42-year-old woman doing my best to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers. This is episode 23, and I'm recording this on Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. And hold on to your butts, everyone. Pippa is going back to school. It's hybrid, and it doesn't start till the end of the month. But last week, the Pasadena Board of Education finally voted on the resolution about going back to school, and it passed 5-2. Oh, thank God. I mean, she's not going to be there very much. It's all still very much of an an adventure, uh, which is in line with my values, my core values of adventure and authenticity, if you listen to last week's episode. So yay, the adventure of hybrid school under our school's proposal or not even proposal what they're what's happening is the kids get assigned to cohorts if there's more than like 14 kids going back at which there will be with Pippa's class I'm sure of it and so she will be on two days at actual school and the other two days she'll be at home distance learning and the teachers are supposed to be still teaching to their computer while they have kids in school and the kids are supposed to bring their Chromebooks and they're going to be learning from the Chromebooks. Curious to see how this works out with second graders. Uh, I've told Pippa she's going to have to tell me lots because I'm doubting they're going to let volunteers on campus. I think there's some provisions for allowing it, but there's a lit, like only 16 people can be in the classroom at a time, so I don't really, you know, see how it's going to happen. But again, it's an adventure. So she's going back to hybrid. I don't know who's going to be in her cohort. Who cares? She's going. And hopefully the two boys in her pod will be in the same cohort as her because then on the two days that they're not at school, they could still pod together. But even if they're not in the same cohort, I'd rather she be going to in-person school because it just means change is happening. And maybe Julian will get to do kindergarten like, you know, a real, like not like normal in quotes, like actually, I I just don't want him on the computer for kindergarten, but that is, that really feels like it's a lifetime away. And if 2020 and now 2021 have taught me anything, it's just that life is uncertain and change is always a happening. So we'll see. She goes, they're going back the week of March 29th because there's some sort of funding in California and you, the school districts start to lose the funding every day after April 1st that the kids aren't back in school, the lower grades. So they're starting at March 29th, but so that's a Monday. And Mondays are always going to be distance learning for the entire school for one hour. So who cares? It doesn't count. Then Tuesday, they're going to bring back the kindergartners. Then Wednesday is Cesar Chavez Day, which is a holiday. I didn't get that holiday. I don't. Is that a national holiday or is it just a California thing? Cesar Chavez... Um, did a lot of work for migrant farm laborers in California, so it might just be a California holiday. Anyway, so Wednesday is no school. On Thursday, so of that week, which I think is now April, (laughs) they will start to bring first and second graders back to campus. So that Thursday and Friday, all kindergarten through second grade will be at school. And then the next week is spring break. (laughs) So she's barely going back. But hey, she'll get to go back in April and May, and we'll see what lies ahead. It's, you know, like I said, the future is rife with uncertainty. But yay, happening. Um, Another thing I'm really excited about 
um, is I started, I got out of a exercise rut and I blogged about this this week so I won't like talk about it for too long but my exercise had felt really good and then it felt kind of blah in February and I signed up, I saw on Instagram um, an ad for OBE, I don't know if I'm, is it supposed to be OBE, it's spelled O-B-E and I just thought like, oh, that looks cool and fun. And I clicked on it. And then, you know, once you click on an Instagram ad, I, I was inundated with ads for all of like the fitness streaming programs, including O, but a whole bunch of others. And I finally decided on Saturday to sign up for O. They have that one of those free one week trials. And I can already tell you I'm going to be doing it. It costs 27 bucks a month, but it just fits my sort of my exercise style, how I want to be exercising right now. So on Saturday, I did this cardio dance class, which was fun. And I was, it was easy enough for me to follow along, but tough enough that I was like full on sweating and huffing and puffing by the end. And then yesterday I did a, a strength training class. Holy Lord, I am feeling all sorts of soreness, especially in my butt and legs. There were all of these lunges and it was like a 27 minute program, but done in a way that got tricked me into doing a lot more lunges than I would do on my own, um, which is a number close to zero, but, and it had me just doing, oh, probably over a hundred lunges easily. So, and, and, it, and in a way that was fun. And the teacher was really like motivational and in a way that like fits my jam. So I loved it. And then I did stretching classes at the end of the day. And I thought I knew all the ways to stretch my body, but I learned a ton of new stretches. So I'm loving the program. And in a little while, when I'm done doing this podcast episode, I'm going to I love cardio dance, but they also have cardio boxing and I'm going to try that out. So I'm, I forgot how a good workout is so good for my mood. It's just like energized me. I feel like, like I did that one dance workout on Saturday and just felt happy and vibrant all day. And I, I've been walking throughout the pandemic and I was doing um, these three, two, one intervals where you uh, walk at a normal pace, then you walk at a moderate pace, and then you walk at like a super fast pace. So you walk at the slow pace for three minutes, medium for two, and then super fast for one. And I was doing that and I convinced myself that that counted as cardio. And it, and it did for a while, but it got too easy. And now having this, this dance back in my life is, I'm very, very happy. Excited to go do some cardio boxing. I've also been thinking a lot about pandemic burnout because holy shit, we're coming up on a year of since the first lockdown here in LA County. Uh, Pippa will have been out of school for more than a year when she finally does go back. And just allowing myself time to rest and be worn out by this experience. It has helped me to talk about it openly with people, which includes like friends, but also um, my favorite Starbucks barista who I see every week at the grocery store and grocery store clerks and just random people and it reminded me of one of the big principles when I had my postpartum depression podcast is the idea of, of letting moms know that you're not alone and how uplifting that can be and I think that applies to all sorts of areas of mental health including pandemic burnout it's good to know oh I'm not alone it's not like I'm this one loser who's like worn out like no basically everyone I know is like exhausted and worn out from this so if you're feeling all worn out from pandemic you're not alone and it feels good to talk about it because 
Shame is nocturnal. Shame loves the dark. It loves secrecy. And when I'm able to talk about these things, that just suddenly makes it so much easier. And so just texting with friends or talking to people in person, it really like turns my pandemic fatigue from something that does feel shameful into something that feels like, no, this is like everyone's feeling this way. It's okay. So I am sticking with my meds, my Zoloft and my Remeron. I talked to my psychiatrist and she's like, yeah, this is not the time for any of my patients to wean. You know, cause it's, it's this deceptive thing about medication. Like I don't want to take Zoloft when I don't need it, but sometimes it's hard to tell, am I feeling so good because I'm on Zoloft or am I feeling so good because I'm in a place where I'm ready to wean off Zoloft. But looking at the world and the uncertainty and the stress, this is just not the time for weaning off Zoloft. And I have been reading up on Huga. It's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And all my life, I, not all my life, but ever since I first heard of it, I've assumed it was pronounced Higa. But the book I'm reading, um, a little book of Huga, actually has the pronunciation for the word on the cover. And it's a lovely book, and I'm reading it slowly a few pages a day. And just looking for ways to comfort myself during these, like, weird, scary, dark times we're living through. One of the things they suggest is coffee. There's, and I'm like, yes, coffee is huga. I've got my coffee right here. I drink decaf, but there's just, there's just a comfort to coffee for me. And I'm embracing that. And I, huga, longer cooking projects are very huga. And I, I've noticed I've been, I've been cooking more recipes and I've been gravitating towards more project, projecty things. So like today, this afternoon, I am making Smitten Kitchen's chicken pot pie. And it's going to be, I mean, I have to start it by 3 p.m. at least, maybe two. And everything's by scratch, including like the dough. And I am so excited to do it. It's so relaxing to me. And I listen to audiobooks and I, you know, chop in the veggies. I just, it's a very comforting experience for me. And candles are also very huga. For me, I light one candle at the end of the day. I just feel like if I had multiple candles lit throughout the house, the children would burn the house down. But when the kids are in bed and I'm doing a little writing at the end of the day, I light a candle and I sit with it and I like to turn off the light and pray with the candle for a little bit. And that's very huga for me. So, you know, if you're feeling pandemic burnout, I suggest look, reading up on huga. All right. Now, what I really want to talk about today is in addition to all these things I've spent 10 minutes talking about, is building new beliefs. This is my current self-work, and it really is work. I've noticed, I've been working on my feelings, and I did a recent podcast episode about that, and how feelings really help me identify my beliefs. Beliefs are can be very subversive and lurk in our subconscious. And it's I have noticed that for me, I have been living my life with beliefs that I haven't acknowledged or noticed or really thought, given much thought about, and yet they are there dictating the way I experience life and the way I interpret things. And so I'm working on uprooting beliefs that I think of as unhelpful or outdated or toxic or draining and replacing them with beliefs that are empowering and uplifting. Um, so one thing that I'm doing is, and there's a lot of ways, and I'm figuring this out as I go. It feels a little awkward talking about work I'm doing right now, but it's so important to me. I wanted to share it. Uh, so I don't have all the answers on this. It's not like I'm the self-help 
guru on how to replace old beliefs with new ones. This is something I'm figuring out right now. But what I've noticed is that these are some things that are working for me right now. So one is paying, figuring out, I heard someone refer to this as like primal moments, as those moments that I remember as like defining moments or just moments that bring up strong feelings. So one that I always like, that I always will think about on, on terms of different subjects that always comes to mind is in the second grade, I was at Catholic school. And I've probably even talked about this on the podcast before, but sorry, I'm not going to listen to the past 22 episodes to see if I did. But in Catholic school, and I wasn't Catholic. My mom was Jewish. My dad had been raised Catholic, but neither, the, neither of them were like religious um, people. And, but they were sending me to Catholic school because that they weren't happy with our local public schools. So they, and my cousins were already at Catholic schools. And those were what were the affordable, high quality schools when I was a kid. So I was sent to Catholic school. And second grade is when you um, celebrate your first communion. And if communion is if you're at a um, Catholic mass and other, I, I haven't been to every I've been to different Christian services, but not everyone, so I don't want to speak for all of them. But at a Catholic Mass, um, the buildup is to the communion or the Eucharist, and that's when you take the priest transforms a tiny wafer into the body of Jesus. Because at the Last Supper, Jesus um, said, you know, like he's like, take this bread, and when you eat bread, think of me. So they do this, they relive this Last Supper moment during the Catholic Mass. And so you can't take communion until second grade. So it's a big deal at Catholic school in second grade. I was in, and I wasn't going to be getting first communion because I hadn't even been baptized. And my parents were sending me to Catholic school, but not raising me Catholic. So they didn't, they just weren't planning on having me get communion. But I was in music class with my classmates and our principal an Irish nun named Sister Stella, who I thought of as old, but she may have only been 40, I don't know. But Sister Stella comes to class and and she, you know, interrupts class and says, I need the following students to come over to me. And she calls a few names, including my name. And I got up and I walked over with these other kids and we stood in a line. And then Sister Stella announced. She like did a sweeping arm gesture around the room and said, all of these children referring to the rest of my seated classmates, about 25 of them. All of these children will be receiving First Communion. And then she indicated me and the few other kids standing up by her. These children will not. And as I'm really like sharing this experience, I can even feel like the residue of that shame from that moment. And like my face feels like, like a prickling, like not even prickling, like a heat and like a pressure on my chest, like the shame trying to get out. And Oh my God, I felt so awful. And one of my school friends even would tease me about this at recess. I remember her being like, um, and she was in my carpool and she would tease like, oh my gosh, we're all getting communion and you're not. And we get parties and we get presents and you don't. And I felt horrible about this. And why not? I was eight, I was in second grade and at that age, you're not equipped to deal with that high level shame. And I was, was all my way, I was already a people pleaser, but 
and I, I liked school and I liked to have the authority figures happy and I could tell that the principal thought less of me because I wasn't getting communion. Maybe that wasn't her intent, but excuse me, what the fuck? You don't call up a few eight, seven and eight year olds and then like, you know, explain that like, like there was no need for what she did. She could have taken the music teacher aside and been like, by the way, these kids aren't getting first communion. So if they're struggling with the words to the songs you're learning for mass, it's okay if they don't know the words because they're not getting communion. She made, she, it, it, it was a shame. It was a shaming event. And it made me feel horrible. I ended up convincing my parents to get me a shotgun baptism and let me get my first communion. And, you know, and I kept going to Catholic school through 12th grade and forevermore, I fit in. And in a belief I internalized, not consciously, but I internalized from that really primal moment, that shame inducing moment of Sister Stella calling me up to the class and like letting everyone else know, like, this one's not, this person doesn't belong was that you're supposed to fit in and you're supposed to be like everyone else. And that to me was, and so that's a belief I've been carrying around most of my life. And it's a belief that I have over the past several years since becoming a mom and working on my postpartum depression, realized this is a bullshit belief. I being just trying to fit in that makes me somewhat miserable. It, it denies my authentic self. And again, authenticity, one of my core values. I don't, so it was a belief that I had internalized and that served me at the time because I was in a second grader in Catholic school and I wanted to have friends and I wanted my teachers to be happy with me and I wanted to get straight A's and that included religion. And so like that was a belief that served me, but now it doesn't serve me. And now I'm working on claiming a spirituality that works for me and I'm I keep working on getting rid of that belief about fitting in over belonging. I want to belong to myself and not worry about what other people are thinking while also being compassionate and loving and, and considerate. So got, so that's something I've been working on, but I can't just work on the negative moments. I need to, I need to find those moments and so I can change the story. Cause like, so to change that story, I was writing about it in my journal and that reliving that moment and then saying, and now, and then writing, that was not right. I, it was, I'm, I'm a good and worthy person, whether or not I'm Catholic. And sister Stella was wrong to do that. And she was wrong to shame an eight year old for being different. Being different is wonderful. And I celebrate that. And, you know, and I, so I rewrote that moment for myself. So that's something I'm doing as I work on building new radiant beliefs is addressing the old toxic beliefs and revising them. But I've also started upping my work at bringing in the positive, empowering, uplifting beliefs and realizing, so I've had, I've had decades of my life to carry around these beliefs things about like fitting in and having to make everyone happy and suppressing my feelings. I've had decades to practice those. And it's not like I can just like flip a switch or snap my fingers like I did there and like whoosh, the bad beliefs are gone and the good beliefs are in. I have to work to release those bad beliefs and say, you know what, this is what happened. 
and this is the belief I internalized, and no, I'm not okay with that. This is actually, let me rewrite the way I experienced that moment. So I'm doing that, but I also have to bring in the positive. I have to choose and bring in new positive beliefs. So one way I'm doing that is journaling, but I decided to up my game. And I have been listening to an audiobook by Jen Sincero. She's the author of You Are a Badass and other books in the Badass series. And I'm, I'm listening to the audiobook. I got the only one that was available from the library was um, You Are a Badass, Badass Every Day. And it's like one of those books that you're supposed to read a page or two every day of. And I've been listening to more than a page or two every day and convinced that I have to buy the book like the actual physical copy and have it on hand to dip into every day and to be inspired by because it's just she really is helping me like like figure out like what are the new beliefs I want she has a book out a recent release about habits you are a badass something about badass and habits and um I'm on hold for that at the library but I think I need it so much that I'm just going to use my audible credit this month and get it for my next book but right now I'm reading a Brene book on audio so I'm going to wait until I finish that but yeah the Jen scenario I just love it I read you are a badass years and years ago and I didn't keep my copy of it I probably read it on the Kindle and I think like just her tone works for me and it wouldn't work necessarily for everyone, but she's, she speaks to me. So I need to bring Jen Sincero back into my life. Um, I am also making an effort to listen to happy music. And Jen Sincero suggests, like she talked about like an intro to um, You Are a Badass Every Day, about having a spiritual gym. And this great analogy she gave is you don't just get into like really great shape and then say, you know, bye Jim, I'm done. I'll just have this body for the rest of my life. Like, no, if you want to be fit, you have to exercise always. Like you just have to keep up your exercise regime. And when you stop exercising, you know, you can take off a little bit of time to rest, but if you take off for a year, your body's going to change. And that happens with spirituality too, is um, spirituality or you know, psychological work, your, your mindset. You don't just get to, um, read a couple books, have a few epiphanies, and then like, yay, you're done. And you can coast on, you know, for the rest of your life. Because there is a lot of negativity and shit out there in the world. I mean, just marketing is meant to make you feel insecure. And then, but hey, get this product, buy our magazine, get our shoes, use this shampoo, and you will feel amazing again. Marketing is it, like living here in Pasadena. I mean, there's billboards just you go anywhere in life and you're bombarded even just like my Instagram feed like has different ads popping up so you, you can't I mean I, I suppose some people can isolate themselves I myself am not going to be moving to the wilderness and living in a hut with my husband and children Nathan would um, I think he'd put his foot down draw the line there so I think you you're and, and you, you encounter people like I'm living my life and sometimes I'm going to meet up sometimes or every day with people who are feeling down or who have their own, you know, bullshit that they're dealing with. And it's, we get bombarded all the time. So to think like, okay, I've read a few self-help books and I'm good to go. That doesn't work for me. Like I do. I like this idea of having a spiritual gym. And I have been, like, I started doing OBE and upgraded my physical workouts. I am working on upgrading my spiritual gym. So like journaling was working. It works for me and it's something I will keep doing. But 
I'm looking for outside inspiration. I'm going to listen to more podcasts. Um, and I thought I was working, writing in my journal. I was like, I might need affirmations. I have made fun of affirmations so much in my life. I, I even make fun of them in my distance learning activity book for parents just holding on to their last shred of sanity. But I, I've never really got affirmations. They felt kind of cheesy, but I've been working on this idea of like, I need to find the new beliefs. And I realized that by that speaking words out loud is very powerful. And that if I started speaking out loud affirmations, that would help reinforce new beliefs in another way and just lay down like those neural pathways and create, put, embed those beliefs in my mind. It's like I've been using the Duolingo app to learn French and it really works, but it also, it takes, it's not like I learned that un homme means a man. It's not like I learned that once it's like, okay, I'm good. Uh, they have had me practice un homme, un femme, un fil, un garçon hundreds of times. And now my brain actually doesn't even need to translate un garçon, uh, that's a boy. Okay, now like, like it's there. It's like, I know it, like, like, cold, like, it's like, like, it's part of me. Like it, I know it like breathing, but that took a lot of work to get there. And I need to do a lot of work to get these new beliefs in place. And that's what I'm working on. And I thought about affirmations were a good way to do that. And there's a therapist I follow on Instagram who I like, and she sells a lot of merch, including an affirmations deck. And it's had me thinking like, oh, I wonder if I could do some affirmations like a deck of cards and you pull out one or two for the day so of course I'm this I have this do-it-yourself streak and I started thinking well I should make it myself so it would be so much more powerful if I took the time to make them and maybe you know I could just like draw pictures on cards and laminate them and I'd have my own deck but I realized I'm like and I'll never actually do that I'll have it on my mental to-do list maybe I'll even write it somewhere in my bullet journal like hey make my own deck of affirmation cards but that shit is never happening. At least not right now when like Pippa's looking at two days a week for five hours of hybrid school. Hello, when am I supposed to make an affirmations deck? So I went on um, Amazon and I was looking and there were a lot of decks and most of them didn't speak to me, but then I found it. Oh my God. It is called Affirmators, 50 affirmation cards to help you help yourself without the self-helpiness. And the, it, it's, a, it's a black box, and, and all this is written in gold and shiny. And in the middle, there is a picture of a rabbit, and the rabbit is wearing a shirt and pants. And the rabbit is riding on top of a unicorn, and the unicorn is on its hind legs, kind of kicking up joyfully. And behind the unicorn, there is a rainbow with stars. And I saw this deck, and I knew immediately, that's my affirmations deck. And then I was looking at the pictures on Amazon, I was like, holy shit. I mean, they're all kind of like funny and snarky. I have the deck right now. And they have all of these great, silly illustrations. Okay, I'm going to read one of my favorites. I just found it. This is the card for an affirmator. Not an affirmation. You know, the word, there's something about affirmation that's almost like a little passive to it. A little like, oh, look at you. Oh, don't worry. You're good enough. Whereas affirmator makes it sound like empowering and this is me like building up I, I don't know I, I like it it resonates with me okay so this is the card for power and there is a picture of a tankosaurus which looks like a tank but with the with like a partly stegosaurus body okay so it's a dinosaur tank and the, the affirmator is I am strong 
I am grounded. I am powerful. I am like a cross between a dinosaur and a tank, but not a tank that is used for war. I am like a peaceful, loving dino tank who feels so strong it doesn't need to do anything but me. Oh my god, I'm so glad I bought this deck of cards. Let me read one more. In case, if you listen to the, my podcast, then it might be that this is your affirmation deck that you need. Okay, this is the card for positive thinking, and it shows a picture of a, a person. It's usually not a human, but this one is actually a human, wearing glasses, and she has flowers on her hair, and she's watering her head with a watering can and holding a spade in her other hand. So the affirmation, or affirmator, for positive thinking is, In the garden of my mind, I water the good thoughts and weed out the bad ones. I throw in forgiveness and empathy seeds by a handful if I want, and I take a lawnmower to that jealousy and resentment patch. I'm a pretty badass mind gardener. Oh, I love that. It, these are just like letting me, I, I could sit all day and like read these cards. I love it. I take a few in the morning. I take a few at the end of the day. Sometimes I'm in my room at the middle of the day and I leave it out on my desk at all times. I just see it. I'm like, hey, yeah, I think I'm going to do an affirmator card now. And it really boosts, it boosts my mood and I can feel myself laying down these new beliefs. So you know, go me. I've upgraded my spiritual gym to include this deck of affirmator cards. And I'm loving Jin Sonero's audiobook. So I'm going to be upgrading to have, um, to listen to her other audiobooks and to, I'm going to definitely buy the, um, her every day book. And then I can, I can read some more to you and get you hooked on that book too. And oh, one of her, I think I was trying to tell this and I got sidetracked. One of the suggestions for a spiritual gym by Jen Sincero was having a power song. So my power song is Try Everything by Shakira from the movie Zootopia, which is about getting out there and it's okay to make mistakes. Like there's the line like birds don't just fall, fly, they fall down and get up. And I love that because as a recovering perfectionist, I definitely, you know, I fear failure and ridicule and making mistakes and getting it wrong. And it's a, a great song for me. And I try to, I haven't listened to it yet today. I will listen to it soon because I love that song. And I also have sticky notes up around my desk right now. Pippa was reading them and I was like, I felt a blush of embarrassment, but then I was like, no, I'm teaching my girl like really cool life school skills. And yeah, there's a sticky note here that says, I am amazing. Uh, another one that says, I am powerful. One that says, I believe in myself. Yeah. And I fly and soar and crash and try again. I'm not going to, I'm tempted to, I'm going to try to not like wallpaper this area around my desk with like a hundred because then I kind of tune them out. But I think if I have a few and I read them a couple times a day and then when they really, when I feel like they're internalized, I will swap out them for some new sticky notes. And I even have a sticky note that's a permission slip. This is a Brene Brown trick. I'm reading um, Braving the Wilderness right now. It's an audiobook. Brene Brown does just is awesome at audiobooks and she suggests using permission slips as a as a way of working with yourself and so my current permission slip is I give myself permission to plant and nurture new radiant empowering beliefs hey that's about the podcast and that's the work I'm doing planting and nurturing new radiant empowering beliefs and at the top I wrote permission slip and underlined it and I'm thinking this is a tool I might use with my kids, definitely with Pippa. Like, if she's struggling with something, I'll give her permission slips and be like, I give you permission to be cranky after school. 
why I, you know, it's just, it's something I'm like newly in, incorporating to my life. I did this once like years ago and I wrote a permission slip on like an index card and I put it in my wallet and then I like never saw it. So writing it on the sticky note and putting it next to my desk is letting me see it and it's, I, I, I quite enjoy it. And I think that's about it for today. I was just checking my list and thought I had one more thing to share, but I don't. And my um, my voice, my, my tongue is parched. So I think it is time for me to go get a drink and go do some cardio boxing. I hope wherever you are, you are thriving, not just surviving. And if you're having pandemic burnout, go ahead and be gentle with yourself because holy shit, pandemic burnout is real. And th thank you just so much for listening. Um, I love doing this show and I love, it tickles me pink that people are listening. All right. Enjoy your day. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com or on Instagram at Courtney.Novak. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.